For GateWorld.net, I'm Darren Sumner, and I'm here back again with Lexa Duog and Michael Shanks. Yep. I usually introduce you the other way around, but no, no, it's a good idea. Lex is looking looking better today. Yeah. Thanks. Trust me. Trust me. I have the benefit of spackle, whereas he generally tends to stay away from makeup <laughs> when he's not in drag. Yeah. I'm so glad to be back with you guys. After 10 years, I was telling you the last time I saw you was at the Continuum premiere. I know, that's ago. crazy, Pam. It's insane that it's been that long. Was it it ten, is, it been? I must have been, yeah. Holy moly. I know. Sammy was just ickle. Yeah. Well, life keeps rolling. It How have you been? Great. Yeah. Great. Fantastic. Still here. I am super excited to have the chance to talk to both of you at the same time. Uh, I know a little bit of the sci-fi nerd history from long ago, but if, if it's okay, I would love to hear the story of, of your meeting. There was a little <laughs> show that we used to watch called Andromeda. Yes. Yes. Of which I played Andromeda. Oh, my God. And he was hired to work on the first season. Yeah, it was the first season, wasn't it? Yes. And it was like pretty early. No, no it was late. late. It was late, late in the first season. Yeah, it was late Cross. season one, Star Cross. And, uh, and yeah, he came to work on the show and it was, yeah, we were Star Crossed. Because I've talked to Michael many times over the years, but you yeah. not as much. I'd love to talk about Carolyn Lamb for a few minutes. Sure. Her entrance into the show, uh, season nine, season 10. Her role, it felt to me, was initially she was kind of a utility player, right? The, the medical doctor needs to do a lot of this sort of plot advancement. Yeah. But then as we got on into season 10, we got into her family, we got into yeah. her background and started to flush her out a bit. Uh, just talk, if you would, about that process over the course of those two years. Well, it, it was funny because when I, I remember when, um, when I got the sides for the character, when I got the breakdown, I read them and I looked at Michael and I said, because this was when Bo was, um, what was Bo's character's name? General Landry. Thank you. When General Landry was coming onto the show, we knew Bo was uh, already already playing him, I think, at that point, wasn't he? Yes. Yes. And I sort of said, they have a history. And, and Michael's like, no, I don't, I don't think so. And I said, I think she's his daughter. He's like, nah, I think you're crazy. And then when I went to the audition, I was talking to Rob Cooper. And I'm like, is, he, is she his daughter? And he's like, oh, yeah, she's totally his daughter. So I was like, yes, I'm so smart. I feel really like, yeah. Um, and I was kind of excited to see this sort of relationship between the two of them develop. You, but, you know, within the context of SG-1, there's like galactic annihilation and alien invasion. You know, like there's kind of bigger themes than just how daddy and his daughter are getting along. Right. You know, like there's like the Ori, like there's all kinds of like, you know, it's minor. Kind of big stuff, I'm just saying. So, you know, I, I didn't sort of have any expectation that they would spend a lot of time on this relationship between um, Landry and, and, and Lamb, but it was nice to see the little bits that they did. It was really kind of enjoyable. And it was tough stepping into that role in particular in terms of on the, uh, within SG-1, the show, as, you know, that was, that was Terrell's turf. And you can't, you can't replace Terrell Wathering. Like, she's just... There was no replacement doctor, right? They yeah. tried. They tried multiple people through season eight mm -hmm. until yeah. they finally figured out Lamb. Yeah, she, so she's not... So I wanted to make a character that was very different. One of the things I loved about Cheryl's performance is she's such a warm, incredibly intelligent, incredibly competent, but you also got this wonderful warmth that was underneath all of that and this wonderful sort of like care for the, the people that she's she's sort of looking after. And I don't know that Lamb was quite like that. I think Lamb was a little bit more sort of intellectual about it, that it was more the, um, 
almost the academic interest of working on the base. So she was a little socially inept, I think. I wanted to kind of make her that way. I don't know if it worked. Oh no, it worked. You're such a dick. Such a dick. I'm sorry. That, that was the Kobayashi Maru test right there. Say no, it didn't work. She's a lousy actress. Say it did work, and you're a shitty person. There's a fine line. Marriage. There's a fine line. You can say, no, you know, it worked, but I still got your natural warmth, honey, because you're just such a nice per Try harder. Could you bring those, those sides a little bit closer to the camera so I can read my lines? Okay, go ahead. You are such a naturally warm person. Oh, God. That your natural warmness Commit. shone through. Commit. You are a great actor. Commit. Wonderfully done. Take two. <laughs> Season 11 of the show almost happened. There were attempts, there were negotiations for the show to continue on in some way, shape, or form. Was it really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't know about it until I read it on Gate World. Is <laughs> <laughs> it never got to the point where they were negotiating with the actors? Well, I think that, I think that it was one of those things that uh, the, the, our producers sort of kept those cards close because what's yeah. the point of no, revealing it until it's the truth doesn't come to pass, so you don't want to talk about happen. it, and you don't even want to tell the fans until way later because otherwise they're going to be angry. Yeah. Well, where would you have liked to see Carolyn Lamb go if we had had another year with this character? Um, I think I would have liked to see her take up like a hobby, like table dancing or, I don't know, ultra marathoning. You just cut to her throughout like five episodes You're and all really she's doing is running. You're really making season 11 sound like a loss she's for a lot of people. kind of a little bit of an incidental character. Like there's more kind of, you know, like I'm actually more curious to see what the rest of like SG-1 proper got up to. Because they were a fun, you guys were a fun group to watch, particularly you and Claude. Claudia Black. No, I was just going. Was that a compliment? That was really weird. I didn't know how to take that. I was like waiting for the other shoe to drop. You done? She's being nice. She's not working. I know. Her. I know. This is why I'm not nice. Eight seasons of the television show, Michael, and suddenly Lex is there on set with you. Well, you know what? As I said, when we we're doing uh, season nine. Uh, that with Claude there, because we, uh, when Claude and I had first worked together, we had obviously a lot of fun with Claude there, and with Ben, who's a lot of fun, and then with Amanda and Chris, and and all of a sudden Alexa being there. As we said, it wasn't it wasn't, wasn't a cast; it was like a Friday night over at our house kind of thing. So it was it just felt right for her to be there, and at that particular point in our lives as well, um, it was as we pointed out before, it was some of the few times that we actually got to be able to sit around and talk about grown-up stuff as opposed to deal with our children at home because they were, like, yeah. you know, young. Well, no, it was before, yeah, like first season. That was, was before, yeah. Was before, that was yeah. One, but between Tat and, mm -hmm. and Mia, um, we and had a lot time. of all about them time. Yeah. So all of a sudden, we're just us. We're back to being, and it's, it's so rare that that happens even sometimes when we're sitting in the car alone together. We go, oh my God, we're out of the house. Yeah. And we're There's together. no children. Yeah, what? we still do that. So it was um, it was nice to be like back in the professional world, but also dealing with each other as grownups and as people again. But it's just part of a really fun cast. She was yeah. a natural fit. So. And we knew, like, because, uh, like, it was comfortable for me because even uh, behind the camera, I knew so many people socially through Michael anyway. So it was just kind of, and weirdly enough, because when I started to work on Stargate, Andromeda had wrapped in a lot of our crew wound up on Stargate, uh, on SG-1. So it was hilarious. Usually you walk onto a new set, especially in Vancouver, and you kind of, you know, you, you hope to know two, three people, kind of is how it works. It was like old home week. It was like running into people that you've worked with for years and working with them again. So it was really nice. very comfortable, which is a lot of fun. Like, yeah. I really enjoyed it. 
Daniel's arc at the end of the show, towards the end of the series, and into uh, the arc of truth was front and center. It was it was fascinating the dimensions that that he played out at the end of the show. I haven't got to talk to you for a few years, so I'm going to ask you about stuff you shot 12 years ago. Right? That's what we're here for. <laughs> Challenge our memory. Okay. Hit me. Uh, how about prior Daniel? Prior Daniel in the Shroud was. I mean, the way that we heard it talked about was an experiment to do a darker Daniel. Mm-hmm. Uh, was there, was it ever a possibility that Daniel might actually go full prior and have to be brought back as opposed to the shroud was Daniel was sort of, of playing an act for Adrian. Yeah. I think in, in, in the inception, Rob's inception of that idea, um, Part of it was to accommodate, I uh, had a couple episodes off um, that year, and this is in, in season 10, and, and so he was trying to justify that story-wise, as well as um, I think he'd, had, he'd mapped out a larger arc for it. So I think the intention was that prior Daniel was going to be, there was going to be a lot more uncertainty as to what, what, whether he was going dark side or not. And so over you know more like four or five episodes was the intention to sort of expand that, and I think at the end of the day, they, they didn't have the time, story-wise, to devote to it. So it became obviously compacted into basically one overarching episode with Rick coming in. And of course, with that happening, um, the, the different dynamic takes place with prior Daniel than with anybody else, possibly. Um, so I think there was an intention to go darker with that story and to go to, to really sort of hint to the audience that possibly he's gone. And he's working for them now. But of course, as it was left in the one episode, it, it dipped down and you never really totally got the sense that he was there because the other thing too that I sort of said is that, you know, I'm not going to start talking like one of the priors of the Ori. You know, I was gonna, he's gonna be Daniel, just happens to look like this. And which also makes it a little bit, you know, maybe possibly more questioning, well, just questioning whether or not, you know, when you see Daniel going, it's me! In this thing, you go, wait a minute, but that's, if, if, it is, if he is dark, then that's a really creepy Daniel, you know? So um, that's how it ended up. But uh, I think that there was an intention to expand it a little bit more, but we didn't have the time or space to do it. It inserts a mystery into the shroud. Is Daniel fooling Adria, or is Daniel now trying to fool us? Exactly, yeah, yeah, for sure. And then you have Rick going, come on! You know? <laughs> Just being Rick, basically. Well, your work since the show, I'd love to just take a minute. I know you're working on Unspeakable. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us about that project first? Uh, Unspeakable uh, is a show written and produced by our friend Rob Cooper, who um, we all know very well. Um, he contacted me earlier this year, um, and it's a show that's like very... in February or something. Yeah, February. Early. Or, yeah, February. It was early. Yeah, early February. Mm-hmm. And um, I asked me if I wanted to do this and would I read it and take a look at which, which part I wanted to do. And then I met up with him for coffee and, and we just talked about it a bit and, and he wanted me to play this this one character who I didn't, well, I wasn't sure who he wanted me to sort of focus on. And I, he surprised me with this one character and, and I went, oh, okay, um, looks great and it's basically for for Rob it's a labor of love because it's about the um, tainted blood scandal that uh, affected most of the western countries in in, um, the early 80s pertaining to um, hep C and um, HIV and HIV that ran rampant through um, transfused blood and um, and most how it directly affected hemophiliacs because they rely on blood products yeah and Rob, Rob being a hemophiliac who contracted hep C from from that from um, uh, his um, um, tainted blood products from from cryo 
which was his, you know, the infusion of the um, uh, clotting factors, clotting factors in, in his blood. That's how Rob lived his life. So when I met him um, at the beginning of Stargate, it was one of these things he didn't like to talk about. It was in his family because there was a, a, a large stigma that existed with contracting disease through it that was... I'm doing the show now and sort of seeing into it, meeting his parents, um, who I met his mom before briefly, but I was just sitting down and having him explain it, made me understand Rob a lot more, made me understand his demeanor a lot more. He's just his, his whole presentation of life. And doing this uh, show with him was just, it was, it was so personal to him. It was great to be a part of. And it made me understand him. And it's a great, it's a great story that's still going on. And that's mm-hmm. the most important thing is, the repercussions and the lack of closure on that subject in England, in the U.S., in Canada. Uh, France? And, and, well, France actually kind of kept their nose out of it a little bit. They managed right. to... to uh, so did Scotland, because um, they closed off. Their- yeah, that they, they, they managed to say, hey, we're not going to buy blood from the U.S., which had a lot of um, uh, tainted... Uh, factor in it and um, given how they, they sort of collect their blood. So anyway, to make a long story short, it was it was great to be part of this. It's an eight episode miniseries for the CBC and Sundance channel and um, we're still doing a post on them, doing ADR next week. Uh, when is your ADR? Mine's on Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday. Um, and uh, uh, it'll air, I think, in, in starting airing in January, I believe. Uh, I'll be doing press for it in November. So, um, But yeah, it's going to be, I think it's going to be a quite an interesting story and a story that needs to be told. It's, like I said, near and dear to Rob's heart. Terrific. Lex, I know you're in, in Unspeakable as well. Yeah. But we, even the intervening years since Stargate, we've enjoyed watching you on Continuum. Oh, yeah. I, I had a lot show, of fun. Great performance. And yeah. recently, Arrow. Yeah. And this incredible character of yeah. Talia Abu. She's fun. She's a lot of fun. Although, not going to lie, I thought I'd aged out of stretch leather. Um, but thankfully, <laughs> that's what stunt doubles are for. And particularly very good ones. So, but yeah, Arrow is a lot of fun. And, and it's hilarious because the director of photography, well, one of the directors of photography on Arrow was the director of photography on Andromeda. So, for whole. So, it's just kind of like, again, walking into a set that you immediately feel comfortable on. And Steven's great and a, a real joy to work with. So, and most of my stuff is with Steven. So, it was a lot of fun to do Arrow. What do you think Stargate needs? To make a return, what's the heart of Stargate that future should, Stargate should be a part of? I'm gonna let. I have nothing. Needs a Stargate, there. Oh my Stargate. god! Good answer. Thank you very much. Needs a Stargate. Needs the, Go ahead, the, the device, the little dial home device. It's back there. I married this. It's back there. I spawned offspring oh. with this. Dial home. Oh my god! It needs. Get- Quippy repartee, banter. <laughs> he's Daniel Jackson. He's Daniel Jackson. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I think that's the, 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 the heart of it is, um, I believe, has always been in the, the characters and the character interactions. I think that, especially if you are doing other incarnations of a show, I think that the mythology needs to deepen a little bit. And I think that the, the repartee between the characters needs to be... Um, it needs to be fun um, and family and whatever. And I think that's the key to it. Um, yes. Uh, nice. Well, no, I just mean in the sense of like, I was just thinking as you were saying it, was that one of the things that I loved about Stargate was that, and listen, I love universe and I love that sort of darker aspect of it. But the thing about SG-1 that was nice was that, not that it wasn't deep, it just, you can still find this fine line that allows you to be deep and be honest and dive into characters 
without it going Game of Thrones, like, and I love Game of Thrones. I love Westworld. I love some of those darker, more twisted shows. But you can still do very entertaining, incredibly intelligent television. And Stargate is a great, you know, SG-1 in particular was a really um, sort of great vehicle for that. That is also not going to depress you by the end of it. Like, <laughs> not going to make you want to just go, I said, I'm tapping out. I want off this planet. So um, when you were saying about it being family friendly, yeah. Well, I, I think, well, I think the, 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 the key thing that I think I found both um, one of the reasons that Star Trek was successful and Stargate not they're the same franchise, but one of the things that I always found interesting about watching future incarnations is that there was a pursuit of something bigger for humanity, something out there. Whether it be just like we are in life, we're looking for something bigger. We're looking for answers out there, and that's the key about Stargate and Star Trek that they both bring to the table that they're just regular people like you and me that are relatable to the audience that are looking for that thing that we're all looking for in our, in our lives and people can relate to that especially if those people care about one another uh, in their pursuit of you know um, of this goal with peril uh, happening around them and i think that that's what makes a successful stargate so that would be the formula i would look to for sure enjoy your convention thanks guys so much thank for you thank you very you. much you too